This is Timmy Black, and welcome once again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Torna, torna, sorriento. Sorry. Sorry, but I'm in Italy. Yep, this is, I think, my 12th visit to the Venice Biennale. Which, by the way, should probably be referred to as La Biennale di Venezia, or, or, I have no problem with this, or uh, the Venice Biennial. I mean, you really shouldn't be able to have it both ways, but then again, back in Los Angeles, we do the same sort of thing all the time, like, like, uh, like, uh, like calling the La, the La Brea Tar Pits, the La Brea Tar Pits, which not so roughly translates into the, the, Tartar pits, but you know that already. But anyway, back to Venezia Bellissima. Or, um, or, or is it Bellissima Venezia? Or, or maybe it's simply La Serenissima. But anyway, putting aside my Stondal syndrome, nobody here seems to care what they call it. And nobody, except maybe a couple of art dealers, are missing any of those lovable, free-spending Russian oligarchs. Although I do hear talk of what they're calling proxy purchases. But after all, the show must go on. And let me tell you, the show is going on right now. Right now, as we speak, I am standing outside the Padiglione dei Pensieri Non Reclamati, which on this on this overcast morning looks rather eerie, it looks kind of medieval. And, and, and when you walk through the Arsenale, you, you, you can't help but be reminded that it was here where Venice established its, its powerful maritime hegemony. And, and, and as one ascends a, a veritable rope ladder of ironies, it becomes clear how one form of megalomania replaces another. And despite all our noble impulses, the making and the consumption of art is, like almost everything else, tainted and disfigured by money and power. Now, yes, I, 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 I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking the same exact thing. I'm thinking it too. The great Tintorettos of the Scuola San Rocco or... Uh, Titian's Assumption of the Virgin, or Bellini's breathtaking triptych. Both of those are at the Basilica di Santa Maria Glorioso de Frari. You like the way I say that? <laughs> are all equally and all equally and inextricably corrupted by patronage. Yes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But at least, this is what you can say at least, these giants of the Renaissance left absolutely no evidence of performative virtue. So, now, here we are at the Padiglione dei Pensieri Non Reclamati, or the, the Pavilion of Unclaimed Thoughts. Here we have this thematic group show going on, which includes artists from, I think it's 16 different countries. And the theme is they're all addressing the persistent menace of climate change. Now, as we all know, Venice 
is sinking. The water level here has probably been, I don't know, it's probably been rising since, uh, say, the 5th century, though. Now, of course, the high tides of the Adriatic surge with so much greater frequency due, of course, to global warming. So, the thoughts on view at the Unclaimed Thought exhibition are therefore very germane, very timely. And there are a few standouts, for sure, but, but I want to talk about one. I want to talk about uh, Conchel Batzel, a uh, multimedia artist from Ghana who has been attracting a lot of attention, and not only because she's tall and gorgeous and wears bright crimson lipstick and is always dressed in sexy, sparkly outfits that are neither conventionally fashionable, but at the same time not terribly eccentric or ostentatious. What Batzel has put together for this show is this remarkable puppet show where she combines holograms, sound collages, crystal marionettes, and these discreet polychromatic mists of scented water that are impossible to avoid. The idea is to convey through beauty and gentle yet vague metaphors the particular toll waste and, 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 and pollution and, and, and plastics and, and, and coal and, uh, and, and, and drinking straws have all taken on the African continent. The piece, the piece the piece may very well be extremely effective, but you'll probably have to ask somebody else about that because when I was in there, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't stop sneezing. I, I, I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm, well, I do know. Was probably, I probably was having some sort of allergic reaction, uh, probably to the perfume mist. So I, I really didn't spend that much time looking around, but nonetheless, I, I was like, like, like most people, like all, practically every, I was tremendously intrigued. And, and, and when I ran into Conchelle at the, uh, at the United Arab Emirates Culture and Youth Ministry reception, which was held, which was held at the Peggy Guggenheim Foundation, which, which by the way, I have to say that, 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 the, that they had these amazing cocktails. <laughs> they had these amazing cocktails there with, with an unexpected Middle Eastern kind of inflection. They, they had this one, I forgot what it was called, they had this one that was made with arak and, um, and, 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 and cardamom and, and Dr. Pepper and fermented cloves. Yeah, it was yummy, it really was. Anyway, when I ran into her, when I ran into Conchelle Batzel, and I, mean, and I mean I literally ran into her, it was embarrassing. I, w- I was backing up, I was walking backwards and I, I guess I did have a few beers earlier that evening over at this quiet, really nice bistro in the old Jewish ghetto. And I was a bit, I don't know, lighthearted, lighthearted, lightheaded. <laughs> anyway, I was backing up to get a better view of the Cadoro across the canal. And I guess I sort of trampled over her gold open toe, Granvito Rossi sandals. It was embarrassing. Anyway, when, when I recovered, I asked her, about her artistic journey. 
and, and she explained to me that when she was a, an economics student at, the, at Sciences Po in, in Paris, the only thing her classmates ever dreamed of was working in the Macron administration, uh, crafting policy that would weaken the social safety net. And, and while she felt drawn to politics, she was sure that there would it was a lot more fun and a lot more glamour to be found in the in the art world and I, I can't blame her for reaching that conclusion because that's absolutely true if you spend five minutes over here in Venice. Anyway, she, she, she was very charming, very, very charming um, in a French sort of way and, um, and, 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 I, and I, I, I don't think I've ever seen crystal marionettes before. Anyway, I don't want to go on too long about the Biennale. I'm sure you've read about it in the paper already, and, and but but I, but I do I do want to pay tribute to the Australian artist Barney Marnie, Barney Marnie. Barney Marnie is an original, and and I mean no disrespect by this, but you know you hang out here after a while, you're in Venice with all this art all over the place. It all it all begins to look kind of the same after a while, but. Barney Marnie is really in a, in a world of his own. And uh, very appropriately, he had a pavilion dedicated just to him. And, 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 and if you like artists who use clown suits and, and big screen projections and foul language, and let me tell you, Barney Marnie is for you. Now, I know, I know everyone uses big screen projections these days and, and these, these dim galleries are beginning to resemble aquariums, but I can assure you that Marnie's larger-than-life films of people doing things slowly, saturated in bright greens and shrill yellows, are a cut above the rest. I, I, I can't tell you why, but it m might have something to do with a very effective pre-exhibition promotional campaign. <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell you, I'm a sucker. I am, I admit it, I'm a sucker for credentials. And Marnie's credentials are impeccable. I mean, Documenta, uh, Guggenheim, Bilbao, SF MoMA, uh, uh, or is it MoCA, whatever they call it now, but the Pompidou Center. I mean, this guy has had one-person shows everywhere. And what's even, what's even more impressive is he has this salt and pepper braided beard that practically reaches his puppet. And I can tell you, I can tell you this, I'm a fan and a lot of people agree with me. I mean, a lot of people agree with me. And, and, and his dealers aside, I don't think, I don't think he feels the absence of all these oligarchs one bit. He's doing fine. Anyway, if you've never been to the Venice Biennale, I strongly recommend it. If you like art, if you like spectacle, if you like parties, if you like tourists, if you like water, then man, you will love it here. You will love it. And, I'm, and, and come to think of it, I'm going to try to get Barney Marnie to do an interview on my next podcast. You'll, you'll love him too, I assure you. He's very clever in a, in a crude kind of way, but funny. Very, very funny. I mean, he, he doesn't... He does, you know what? He doesn't really need a clown suit. I think his work is strong enough without it, but I'll let, I'll let you decide. So stay tuned. I'll be here in Venice for about another week or so uh, because I, I, I got to tell you this. You know, 
when you leave the United States and you go to other places, especially Europe, you get a whole new perspective on the lives of contemporary artists.